Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Garfield. All right. God bless you. Is Who is this I see? Hey, man. Good to see Dave, man. Welcome home. All right. Praise the Lord. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Steve, one of the pastor, teaching pastors here at Garfield. For those who are watching online, we welcome you. We're one church in multiple locations, and I'm just glad to be in this location. Amen. Is that all right? Oh, wow. I'm all pumped up, and I tell you, I'm all kind of still recovering from the first service and just trying to hold it all together. And like I shared with them before, when my emotions are everywhere like this, I know just to follow my notes. So I'm going to just follow my notes today, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be part of a ministry that will, that will recognize uh, Dr. King and recognize Martin Luther King Day. Uh, that's important because God... Uh, God continues to send apostles and prophets. Those of us who are, you know, Bible people, you know, we have this thing, the, do, the doctrine of cessationism. God didn't do, doesn't send apostles and prophets anymore. Sure he does. We just don't call them that. Sure he does. We just don't call them apostles and prophets. Here we sit in the middle of a reformation, you know. We sit as people who are not part of the original church and say God didn't send apostles. Sure he does. He sends prophets as well. We just don't call them prophets. But if you take time and look at the work and the words that have been spoken by those moved by God, not perfect people, but the words and the content of what's spoken and how it affects generations to come, surely God continues to speak. And so we thank God for a church that will take the time to do that. And so today my message uh, is, is entitled, What the Gospel of Christ Reveals. And I'm going to spend time just digging into the gospel of Jesus Christ, because what you're going to find is the mandate that God has given his people is to preach the gospel and to live out the gospel, all right? And so um, Paul says in the text, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, the Jew and also the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. He says he's not ashamed of it. Well, well, why, Paul? Because there's two reasons why Paul is not ashamed of the gospel. The first reason, the first reason is that he tells you it's the power of God. Paul's not ashamed of the gospel. In other words, he's not ashamed of of the humiliation of what he was suffering as a result of preaching it, is what he's saying. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's God's power to save. It's what God uses to say, Tina. It's what God uses to see. That's my friend. I'm sorry. When I see people, I got to recognize him. It's God's power to save. 
It's, what, it's God's program. We have to get on God's program. And let me say this in, in, a, in a ramp up to what I'm about to start preaching and hollering about here. The church needs to get on God's program. God's program don't need your help. He, God knows man better than you do. God's program doesn't need help. What's happened over the years is that more and more people, and I'm talking about leaders, in the church, because they haven't really studied the gospel with any depth, thinks that the gospel needs help. The gospel doesn't need help. You need help. You haven't studied your word. You need help. The gospel has lasted. Dr. Long John Jones, who studied under the other Dr. Long John Jones, his stuff falls to the ground. But the gospel changes the hearts of men. If you want to deal with the drug problem, change the drug dealer. You want to deal with the drug problem, save the addict. And I fixed the drug problem because the dealer is no longer dealing and the addict has been delivered. That's how you fix the drug problem. You fix the hearts of the people who's involved in it. Are you understanding? So when God deals with people, he deals with the heart. The gospel deals with the heart. So Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God to salvation. And number two, in the, gos- in, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to cover three things. First, I'm going to define what the gospel of Christ is. Secondly, we're going to talk about what's revealed in the gospel. And thirdly, what happens in a person's life what the gospel does in a person's life. And if I have time, I'll talk about how that has affected my life in respect to everything. What the gospel is. Now, 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 I'm really preaching this to two groups of people. The first group of people is the church itself. Those of you who have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The church needs to get a rediscovery of the gospel. Now, I'm going to have a little fun here. I can't really see everybody very well, but let's, let me see what I can see. Of everyone in this room who are believers, how many of you received Christ as a child, when you was maybe a child, like age 12 or lower? Raise your hand. Look around the room. Between the ages of 12 and maybe 15. Keep your hand up if you raise it. Between the ages of 12 and 15, raise your hand. Between the ages of 15 to 20, raise your hand. How many of you received Christ after the age of 30? After the age of 40. Notice how the hands are going down? Watch this. Here's an observation. Here's an observation. Most of us received Christ when we were children or young. And most believers learn the gospel as children. And as adults may have never or ever gone back to study these truths from an adult perspective. Think about it before you throw something at me. So, so it's easy to, to walk through these scriptures as a child, 12, 13 years old, and never have studied these things as an adult with any depth. So our understanding of this gospel still has a childlike understanding trying to process an adult situation and feeling like the gospel is falling short, but it's really short is our understanding of it. What's short is our understanding. So the challenge on the church today is to go back and go a little deeper. To go, 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 go a little deeper. 
before you let somebody re-educate you wrongly to your scriptures, before you let somebody, Long John Jones from Long John Jones University, tell you something wrong about the scriptures, to go back and study for yourself. Amen. And then the second group I'm talking to is people that we just assume know the gospel because they come to church and we never talk about the gospel to Jesus Christ much anymore. They keep, you know, we feed them sound bits and bits and bites and bits and pieces and bites and we get it all out of order. So we never just take time to tell the story of Jesus and the gospel because it is the most important message anybody could ever hear is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We good? We're all on the same page now. Let's get it. All right. So, so first, what is the gospel? See, I have my slides now, Scott, so I'm going to be better now. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? The gospel, good news of Christ, is the good news concerning what God has done for all people through his son, Jesus Christ. There's good news. God has accomplished something. It's a done deal. It's finished. He's done something wonderful. And it's accomplished, and he did it through his son, Jesus Christ. Did you know that, that God has accomplished something? It's a done deal. It's a finish. It's sealed. It's done. It's completed. It never has to be done again. It's good news of Christ, of what the Father has done for everybody through his son. Well, what did he do? Come on. What did he do? Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus and have given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So all of this business that we keep, you know, all of this, you know, babe in the manger, what is all that about? God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. What is Calvary about? God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. What is he got up on the third day all about? God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. What is he seating at the right hand of the Father talking about? God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Reconcile means to change the nature of a relationship from enemy to friend. What was God doing? God was changing the nature of the relationship between the world and himself and bringing the whole world back into relationship with himself. John saw Jesus coming. He says, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Matthew said, they shall call his name Jesus for he shall save the people from their sins. What did God do? He reconciled the world to himself. So from God's standpoint, every Everything is cool between me and the world. But here's the gospel. Don't nobody know nothing about that. So what are we preaching? Come to Garfield. That's not the message. That can't save nobody. Come to my church. That can't save nobody. That can't save nobody. It's a good message. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Garfield. Garfield's wonderful. We're having a soup sale. Wonderful. Wonderful. But that's not the message. I would hate they get soup and don't get Jesus. I would hate they get soup and don't get Jesus. I would hate that because it means I failed. I failed them. I never told them what God had done for them. Good news. God's reconciled the world and it's a done deal. Finished. Finito. Done. Complete. What does that mean? 
What's left for them to do? We'll see that in a second. That's the good news. That's good news. Let's move on. I forgot what my slides say. We're going to find out. Watch this. Well, what does it say? The word is nigh thee. So watch this. So the actual gospel message is this. That if thou shalt confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So how do I, so when Paul is preaching the, the actually gospel to people, he's telling them what to do to get what God has. Well, what do I need to do to be saved? Come up and shake the preacher's hand. Now, I come from a background where everything has a lot of energy to it. You know, everything got energy to it, you know. You know, we can, we can get you worked up into a lather, man. I used to sing quartet music. If anybody ever know anything about quartet music, we sing the same phrase 14,000 times. Come on and shake my hand. Come on and shake my hand. Won't God do it? Do it. Won't God do it? 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 Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. 30 minutes later, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Okay, wait, stop. Whoa, whoa, hang on. Wait, stop. Okay, okay, okay. 30 minutes later, we, we done missed the point. They still ain't done this. <laughs> they still don't know nothing about this. So whatever new form we come up with, we're trying to get people to see Jesus, not us. We're not trying to get people to come to church and have a good time. We're trying to get them to the Savior. <laughs> Maybe another time. <laughs> Paul preaches this message. The word is near you in your heart and your mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach. So what was Paul preaching? The gospel. Confess at your mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. All right. So that's the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the power of God. It's the power of God under salvation. Wow. See, listen. You don't need stuff just to make you feel better. You need stuff to save your tail. Now, we, we, we have fun with this, but some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. When, some, when, when, you, when you tied up and you, y'all know, y'all being cute about it, but sin destroys lives. And we need to be saved from our sins. I don't need to be saved from your sins. I need to be saved from mine. Jesus comes to save, and the gospel is the power of God. I don't, I, don't, I don't need to be nowhere where there's no power. Because when something needs to get out of my life, it needs to get out of my life. And it don't come out with suggestions. Jesus didn't counsel devils out. He cast them out. All right, let me move on. Some of y'all about lost it right there. Amen. What the gospel of Christ reveals. Now watch this. This is kind of the crux of my message. Now what the gospel reveals is very important. 
The gospel of Christ reveals the righteousness of God. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as written just to live by faith. What this actually means is in the gospel, God reveals what it takes for every person to be in alignment with him. He's going to show you, listen, this is what it takes for you to walk in sync or in alignment with me. Don't worry about everybody else. See, I don't care what issue it is. I don't care what issue it is. What, I, don't, I don't care if it's racism. I don't care what ism it is. God is like, fix it with me. See, if God can fix, this is the hope of the God. This is the joy of the gospel. <laughs> you may see what I did when I punched you in the face. Like you may see the outward expression of what's, what I do. But in my heart, I know all the mess that's really going on inside of me for real. I'm the one who really knows how tore up and messed up I am on the inside. Come on now. So when I know that God has fixed me in here and changed me for real, I know if God can change me, I know that God can change you. That is what the gospel is about. It's not about some philosophical thing where we all just agree to just say pretty things to each other, but in our hearts, you're still calling me the N-word. You just don't say it. God is trying to take that N-word mess out of your heart, and I'm calling you the H-word in my heart. God is trying to get that mess out of your heart. Is that real enough for you? God is, you can't hide from God. I'm not interested. People always say, Pastor Fur, let's go get out and talk in small groups. You can't handle me in a small group. You need me to stay out of small groups. I'm not interested in optics. You need something to change your heart. And what changes your heart is the power of the gospel. If we're not going to get on our face and cry out to God for real, I ain't there. I've read more books than a library. And the only thing that can change Stephen was the gospel. Jesus has to be Lord of my life. Jesus has to be Lord of your heart. And then you got to renew your mind to what God has done. Then we can talk. And if that hasn't happened, we're wasting my time and your time. Now, if you want to pay for lunch, I'll eat your lunch. God changes people. God knows what's in man. He changes them from the inside out. In the gospel, he reveals the righteousness of God. And this is the first thing you learn about the righteousness of God. I love this one. Come on. There's none righteous. None of us. All y'all jacked up. I'm about to mess y'all up. Every one of y'all strippers. Everybody on a pole of some kind. Everybody's stripping for somebody. Start the music. 
Sexy Chocolate is on the stage. Everybody is a stripper. Sin makes everybody a stripper. Everybody's lost in sin. Everybody. Everybody. And when I get that, well, it kind of evens the playing field. Okay. Ain't no sense being mad at you. Let me, let, me, let me talk from the racist point of view. If that poor child, if that little boy born into a racist redneck daddy and mama, growing up here, nigga this, nigga that, nigga this, nigga that, nigga, 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 nigga this, nigga that. Yeah, I said it. He grow up, that's all he hear. That's all he knows. He really don't got a choice until he's old enough to change it. And if it's in him too deep, the only thing that can take that out of him is God. It's wired in him. If I grow up in a house, hunk of this, hunk of that, hunk it, hunk it, hunk it, hate all the white people, hunk it, hunk it, hunk it, hate all the white people because they is white, not because you know them, not because you took time to build a relationship. Don't trust them white people. If I grew up in that, the only thing that's going to change that is God. And that, I don't mean God necessarily in the church building. It could, be God in the, it could be God in some other kind of way. But God has to change it. And when sin gets in, because there's none righteous, there's no one who understands. If they say they do, they're lying. There's no one who seeks after God. They all turned aside. They all uh, become unprofitable. Everybody is locked into a death grip called sin. And unless you get the gospel to break you out, there's going to be some folk that can think better and act better. But for the person who has been locked in to such depth that it has warped them, only the deliverance of the gospel can get them out. Y'all listening? I got your attention now, didn't I? <laughs> this revelation to free you because we all need the same Jesus. The perpetrator of the crime of a crime against humanity has been a victim of this thing called sin. The victim has to be, has to guard against anger and hatred or sin will make him a victim. So what does God do? He says, let me explain something to you. There's none righteous. So what does God do? He reveals his heart towards mankind. He says, look, God demonstrates his love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The, the gospel reveals his heart towards man. You know, God ain't mad at everybody. I know we act like he is. Y'all act like God about to slap, somebody, slap taste out of somebody's mouth. God always mad. God is not mad. God poured out his wrath on sin at the cross. That is what the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He, he judged sin in Christ. He separated sin from mankind. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
Then not only that, he says, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved. So not only did he save us then, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved. So not only are you saved, you being saved and you're going to be saved through Christ. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I know. That's why I'm preaching. That's good news. So, brother, I'm not, listen, man. So, so let me tell you an ex- exchange I had through a good old friend in Cincinnati, Ohio. My first year of college, I was in Cincinnati, Ohio. Y'all know where Cincinnati is, right? So, I, so in my room, you had a black guy, me. You had a, a, another black guy named uh, Josh. And Josh, Josh was a black, was a black Rican. Josh was a black Rican. He was black, Puerto Rican, and his mom was white. All right, so that, okay, that was interesting. Then I had Todd, T-A-W-D. We would pronounce it Todd, T-O-D-D. But he, he, he introduced himself as T-A-W-D, Todd. Uh, he was from West Virginia. I can't even say it like he said. My name is Todd from West Virginia, like that. And you have David Furby from Huntington. So we had a problem in the room right from Jump Street. So we had a problem. And so, so it was a racial tension in the room right from the beginning. So we had to have this conversation right in the beginning. Because every time, every time Todd would always get drunk. And every time he get drunk and lose something, he said, somebody stole something. He's working a stereotype, right? Because if he lost something, somebody stole something, who had it be? The black people, because black people steal stuff, because that's where he come from. Good black people steal stuff. Now, I'm not the smallest guy in the world. And in those days, I was not fat. I was ripped. And I wasn't the nicest guy. I wasn't nice and fuzzy and warm like I am now. I would slap you to sleep. I just, in Jesus' name, because I love the Lord, and I went to church every Sunday. <laughs> Y'all, I feel like you're laughing at me now. I feel like I'm being ridiculed at this moment. But I really did. I really love the Lord. I went to church every, matter of fact, twice a week, but I didn't take no mess off of nobody. So I had to explain to Todd, you get in my face one more time, I'm going to slap you to sleep. So, so what had to happen for all of us, for me, for me, is God had to temper my heart because the onus was on me, the child of God. I don't want to spend too much time there. For me to see him through the eyes of God and give him a pass. And this is what I said. Look, man, as long as you don't touch me, just don't touch me. Because if you touch me, I'm going to touch you back. I'm going to touch you for real. And ain't going to be the hand of Jesus. I'm going to touch you back. See, the reality is with all of this gospel for the child of God is for us as believers to see people the way God does. That's where this is going. Let me move on because I don't want to get stuck there. The gospel reveals God's instructions for every person to receive what he's promised. This is the best part because it reveals 
what we have to do. Isn't that good news? Don't make it so hard. We have made this thing so hard. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation. Watch this. For everyone who believes. Huh? That's it? Yeah, man, believe it. What? That's it? Yeah, man, that's it. Believe it. What? What else I got to do? Nothing, man. Believe it. What else I got to do? Believe it. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek, for in it, for in it, the righteous God revealed from faith, the just shall live by faith. So, so how do I get this salvation? I believe the message. See, and it's your journey. It's your journey. It's not my journey. It's not between you and me. It's not between you and the church. It's between you and God. You need to stay out of people's Kool-Aid. Stay out of people's Kool-Aid. So you come to God just as you are. When you read the whole 10th chapter, how can they preach without a hear? How can they call on whom they've not heard? How can they hear without a preacher? That's why it's so important to preach the gospel to people. And, and wherever you call on the name of the Lord, you can be driving down the street and call on the name of the Lord. You don't got to be in this building. This building is not a church. It's a building. Church is God's people. This is a building. You can be driving down the street. Donald, you know what? Yeah, Lord, I believe you. I'm going to receive the message of the gospel. I believe that Christ died for my sin on the third day was raised for my, so I can have a relationship with you. I believe, I do I understand it all? No, but I got a sense. See, the Holy Spirit does that part. Is it okay to let the Holy Spirit connect the dots and you not be in the middle of that thing? Everybody say, it's really not your business. Come on, talk back to the preacher. It's really not your business. There's a part of this thing that's wonderfully mystical that's really not your business. It's like falling in love with people. It ain't your business why that person love that person. They just did something. Y'all just got this little thing. Y'all got like these, like these two right here. They got this little thing going on. These little two right here. Y'all so cute together. <laughs> ain't my business. It's cute though. You don't know why your person's eye twinkled a certain kind of way. Or, I don't know what it is. I don't know why Beverly loved me so much. Beverly is beautiful. Is Beverly my wife here? Beverly, are you here? <laughs> she was up here. Man, my wife is gorgeous. Anybody met my wife? Beverly, wow, what a lucky guy, my God, I don't know what she saw in me, I ain't going to fight it though, <laughs> he says, hey, hey, okay, you said yeah, for real, <laughs> cool, <laughs> the, the part, the, the, part the, the gap where a person believes on the message of Christ and the part where the person comes to a saving knowledge, that part is connected by the Holy Ghost. And it's not the church's business. Get out of there. Stop fooling with it. Just shut up. Stop trying to. Well, I just think that the reason why this person is believing this and doing it, just admit that you don't know. Just say the, the honest answer, Reverend. I don't know. But I know God loves you. And I know what the gospel says. It's the power of God to everybody. Anybody. Rich man, poor man, fat man, skinny man. Gay man, straight man. Everybody that believes it. It's the power of God. Everybody. I'm about done. I'm going to pass out after this one. All right. 
What's the next? What the gospel does in those who believe it. It saves. Hallelujah. It reveals. Watch this. It heals what it reveals. <laughs> oh, man. It'll show you stuff and go, Steve, you're bitter right there. And then it'll turn around and heal what it revealed. See, the word believeth is not a one-time deal in this text. It really says it's the power of God to those who keep on believing it. See, I didn't just believe the gospel one time. I keep on believing it. And because I keep on believing, it keeps on saving me. It keeps on revealing and it keeps on healing. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that good news? So it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It don't matter what you're doing. The question is, do you want to be saved? Can you see what God offers you? And do you want to be saved? Do you want what God offers? I'm not offering it. I'm just telling you about it. I'm not the water. I'm just telling you about the living water. Garfield is not the well. Jesus is the well. Drink of this water and you will never thirst again. We're just the people who've been drinking on the water. Man, that's some good H2. We're the water boy. I've got some high quality H2O. I'm just telling you about the water. Hallelujah. What the gospel does in those who believe. Watch this. The gospel of Christ is for you. If you believe, the gospel of Christ will transform you. Then this great gospel of Christ will flow through you. Isn't that a wonderful truth? And that's when what Dr. King spoke about. This is my opinion. The fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man becomes a reality. When this gospel begins to flow through you and uh, when you see a man's flaw, a person's flaw, and you go, I don't have that flaw, but boy, I got some. <laughs> yeah, man, I know how you feel. I know. I get it. You walk with a limp? Yeah, I walk with a skip. Same thing. Yeah. You, you got that issue? I don't got that issue, but I got an issue. <laughs> I know, yeah. You do that? Yeah. Yeah. It's all called sin, bro. But Christ came to deliver us from those. Man, I'm not mad at you. See, I, I, can't, I can't deal with what happened in the past, but I can deal with how I relate to you. And, and, and this is what I came to with my brother Todd and David Furby. And, and we all agreed, and that relationship worked for the rest of the year. I said, Dave and Todd, if you will respect me, and I will respect you, I promise you, I will respect you. You respect me. Respect me and my things. Don't put your hands on my person. Don't touch my stuff. Don't get in my face. 
But if we can agree to be respectful to one another, we'll be all right. Maybe we can learn from each other. Uh, he said, okay, that's all right. <laughs> well, Todd didn't feel, David felt that way. Todd didn't feel that way. Todd said, all I know, if I catch anybody stealing my stuff, I'm going to whip their such and so blankety blank, whatever, such and such, but I don't care how big they are. He's, a, he's always the little skinny dude. They talk all that mess. I'm like, okay, thought. Whenever you feel like jumping, I'm going to break you in three pieces and send you back to your daddy. Praise God, I never had to break Todd up. Amen. God loved him. God shed his grace on Todd. But the reality is, folks, what must I do to be saved? I think I put, did I put that in there? This is what it comes down to, church. Now, this is, this is something that I, I want to say to you, and, and I'm over time. You, you guys always make me go over time. I'm blaming you. Um, for me, at this time in my walk with God, as a preacher, for me, this is what all comes down to. Whatever else the church does, whatever else we do, it comes down to bringing people the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus and helping them answer that question. Because they can't live at the church. They can't live in this facility. Whatever we do on Sunday morning is great. Whatever we do at Kids Club is great. But those kids got to go home. You got to go home. The question is, when it's all said and done, are you saved? Do you have what Christ offers? Did you receive the gospel? Because every person walks a personal walk between themselves, their heart, and God, and the devil, and the things that's trying to kill them. And either we have helped them, either we have been a tool in the hand of God to let them see God and facilitate that connection, or we haven't. And what we have to be sure of is that that's what we're doing, no matter what. No matter what, that that's what we do. So this is the question. What must I do to be saved? Paul, but what does it say? If you're in this room, if you're watching, this is the scripture, Romans 10, 8 through 10. The word is near you. The word of what? The word of salvation is near you. Where? It's in your mouth right now, and it's in your heart. This is the word of faith that we're preaching today. Right where you are, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the gospel. Then he gives you more. For with the heart one believes unto right standing with God. And with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. Watch this. Here's hospitality. Hey, welcome to the family of God. And whether you pray that prayer or not, 
you are free to walk around Garfield, eat our soup, kick it, or kick it with us all day. And whether you come to Christ or not, we're going to love you here like we're going to love the hell out of you. <laughs> and we're not perfect. We've just about as flawed. Kick it around long, and if you're going to find one of us flawed, we're going to be looking at you all crazy. Hey, watch you. Want? Okay, you're going to, okay. That's in every family. But we still love you. But we want you to know the good news of Christ, what God has done for us through Christ. And whenever you come to this reality, pray the prayer. This is why we have prayer walls and we have people to pray with you. And my prayer today is that if you've never prayed it, that you would do it today. Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that Christ died for my sin. I believe, I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.